1: Everybody, Welcome to Profoundly Pointless. My name is Nick Vinzant. Coming up in this episode, hair and the best farm animals.
2: It definitely has its glamour side, but it took every breath I breathe. <laughs> so for us as creatives, working on editorial with photographers, stylists, top models, is like playing dress up. And you're creating poetry. It's beautiful. It takes courage. You know, many times I thought, oh gosh, do I really have to do this? But if something good falls upon you, you cannot walk away. You have to give it a chance. It's like I'm taking a jump off a cliff because you really don't know if you're going to fall or if you're going to fly.
1: I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you get a chance, like, download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. So I thought our first guest would be interesting. I didn't think that she would be this interesting because not only does she has this does she have this fascinating insight into the real lives of celebrities and what working in that world is really like. But she also has this inspirational message about seizing your opportunities and pursuing your dreams, no matter where that might take you. This is celebrity hairstylist Wendy Isles. As a celebrity hairdresser, is your life more glamorous than I would think, or more hectic than I would think?
2: Probably both. Um, it's definitely it definitely has its glamour side, but definitely before COVID. It took every breath I breathe. Uh, that was a lot of international flights, a lot of change of location, lots of hotel rooms.
1: Why is it hectic? Are you are you just kind of keeping up with your clients? Is it a travel schedule thing? Like what about it? Is it
2: uh, moving from job to job, finishing? You know, like running to the airport. I mean, my memory. If I look back, I've been hairdressing for decades, so there's many, many layers there. But the last decade, um, really just before I launched my product, I was doing four international flights a week. At one point, my husband was meeting me at Charles de Gaulle Airport here in Paris uh, with a change of suitcase for a change of destination. So I would go from the snow in Russia to the heat of California. Really, really crazy time. I used to get on the flights and just go, oh, thank you, God. It was sheer bliss. But the moment I got off, it was run, 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 run to the studio, run to, you know, when you work with a celebrity, they, they fly you in, they, they book you, but it's usually kind of everything crammed into a few days. So you've got maybe a beauty campaign to do. And then from the beauty campaign, you're running to do change of hair for a red carpet, event and then she 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 runs back to me and she'll change her dress or her hair for an evening dinner and then after the evening dinner um, there may be a change for an after party especially around oscar time for example so there were many layers in a day moving from one job to another job to another job often with the same celebrity
1: would you cut their hair eat differently each time?
2: No, when you're a freelance hairdresser, it is not about cutting. It is about coiffure. They employ you to do a beautiful brushing. It might be a shinnong, it might be Hollywood waves, it might be straight, it might be beach waves. It's all about creating because they they want to be themselves. Right. So it's it's what they wish to have, but they also um, allow lots of scope. The ones I work with trust me very, very much, especially these days, because I just keep a handful of them that I'm working uh, with when I can around my brand, because the brand is kind of going to be my future that
1: for me necessarily a person who like gets his hair cut at at Supercuts which is like the 8 dollar place my my question would be and put all humility and humbleness aside like are you really that good
2: with the quality of, of clients that my colleagues and I in that level of hairdressing have i guess yeah we are we are those top of the range so I started off very young. I was on the floor with Vidal Sassoon. I don't know if you know of, Vidal Sassoon is an iconic figure in hairdressing and in the 70s revolutionized hair cutting. Then I went back to Australia and opened up my own salons for several years. That was a huge help to me when, um, I moved to New York as a freelancer. So you go from a salon environment and having your own salon to becoming a freelancer. And a freelancer are those hairdressers that are completely independent and go from customer to customer and go from editorial to editorial. So I was doing lots of W Magazine, Vogue Magazine so when you're working for magazines like that you're working with gorgeous clothes you're working with top models and it is all about creating styles not hair cutting creating hairstyles coiffure that works with the theme of the clothes that they're photographing for a story so you need to be a very well formed hairdresser you need to, to be able to pull a pink elephant out of your back pocket and created it on someone's hair instantly without any hesitation. So you need to know your, your, your decades. You need to know how hair was at the turn of the century, last, last century, um, in the, the 1910, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80. Think of futuristic hairstyles. You need to know all that and be able to execute it without hesitation when you're on those jobs, when you're working with those top people. So for us as creatives, working on editorial um, photos uh, with photographers, stylists, top models is like playing dress up and you're creating poetry. It's beautiful you kind of get famous doing those editorials. So it puts your name up in print and people start to know who you are. And then um, I fell into doing a lot of celebrity hair campaigns. Now these are where you make the money. So I was very fortunate um, that there were very few freelance hairdressers out there that had the background of salon and a real hairdressing training with one of the best. So the salon part helped me immensely to understand 100% the customer that all those hair campaigns that I was doing, um, I was speaking to their customers. I was once one of their customers. Now on those shoots, they're all celebrity endorsed. and. I met a lot of my celebrities doing hair for them on those shoots.
1: Who was your first big
2: celebrity? Yeah. My first big celebrity, I will never forget him. And it wasn't a woman, but it was Elton John. I was in Sydney. I was very young. I was just beginning into this freelance world. And so, you know, we're going back a long time, going back three decades. He was quite cool. (laughs) And he was very kind, I have to say. Um, So uh, I was as nervous as hell, but it was a nice one to start with. And then celebrities really didn't come into my life until since the last 10 years when I was doing those really major big campaigns. That's when I met a lot of them. And with Hollywood, when you start to work with one and it's good news, Good news, like bad news, travels very, very fast within Hollywood, let's say. It's interesting because I'm one of those hairdressers that the DNA of who I am and a lot of that education came from executing those hair campaigns because I don't use hairspray and I don't use styling products. I nurture hair and I I have my own formulas which are today available to the public but back then I made them for me which helped me enormously do more and more and more of those hair campaigns because they transform hair that is tortured, that looks and feels like straw to sumptuous, sumptuous silk instantly just by heat activating it. So they were um, blown away. And they all wanted my product, but I couldn't sell it to them because I wasn't producing. I was just producing for me. Yeah, that opened the door to me.
1: Was that your goal when you started out? Or was, I guess, when you kind of started your career, what was the, what was the dream that you had?
2: You know, I never, I never, ever, I mean, the dream I had was to live one day in Paris. But... There's been many opportunities that have just kind of fallen from the sky into my lap. And I have to kind of say it takes courage. Sometimes, you know, they're not what I went after necessarily. I love hair, I eat hair, I dream about hair, and it wasn't necessarily what I did with hair. I just wanted to be with hair. And uh, then my career takes off.
1: When, When did you decide to start the product line?
2: Well, the product line is another thing that happened. I never, ever dreamt to be the president of a hair care company, ever did I think that. But I did know that I could make an amazing range of hair care it took me three years, took my life savings, I got it, it's a jewel. So when my celebrity started to give me six-month orders and 12-month orders, like waving a bomb bomb under my nose saying, come on, I'll give you a six-month order, just make it up for me. And then, you know, they all talk among themselves. And then somebody else said, well, let's make it a 12-month order. But Me being me, I wanted to put it into beautiful white bottles and I wanted to put it into a beautiful box. And basically that's how I launched and that's IELTS formula today. So, you know, that one fell into my lap too. I didn't go after it, but it takes courage. It would be, you know, many times I thought, oh gosh, do I really have to do this? But sometimes you just, and I think I'm pretty good at that. I've learned that, If something good falls upon you, you cannot walk away. You have to give it a chance. And I feel when I actually digest it and start to move ahead on these things, it's like I'm taking a jump off a cliff because you really don't know if you're going to fall or if you're going to fly. And luckily for me till now, I'm flying.
1: Are you ready for some listener-submitted questions? Oh, yes. What is your best practical
2: tip? So the best practical tip is stay away from hairspray. There are so many hairdressers. Oh, you know, since I've launched, I'm visiting many salons because we're in salons, and I'm watching and training hairdressers to um, trust their craft and work organically with the hair. These hairdressers that are used to like styling junkies that use hairspray and use gel, I try and get them to do a beautiful coiffure without it. They realise if I'm pushing them that they can do it with this beautiful serum that delivers a silky, sumptuous texture. The moment that you spray a hairdo with lacquer or hairspray, it gives a plastic coating to the hair and if you brush it through and try and change the direction or next day try and revamp it with heat it will never obey you like it did the very first time
1: what celebrity client were you in awe of when you met like oh my gosh it's this person
2: probably queen rainier of jordan she's a very beautiful woman yeah and i have admired her for years
1: it's definitely hard to top the title of queen Right? And like, she's the queen. That's kind of hard to beat.
2: Absolutely.
1: What celebrity has the best hair? Not hairstyle, just like their hair is the nicest hair.
2: I would have to say Heidi Klum has the most fabulous hair. You know, you can do full circle on her hair, it's very, it's the kind of hair that just obeys you. So I work quite a bit with Heidi. She's an, an adorable woman um i respect her immensely um yeah her hair is like it's exceptional
1: this this question is a little bit this is gonna put you on Uh the spot a little bit since you style celebrities since you style celebrities hair is it difficult for you to walk down the street and see regular people's hair is it inferior or poorly styled compared to what it could be
2: because you forget or the public forget they always see the celebrities impeccable, but they have a team behind them before they walk out the door. So every human being on earth, if we had a team at home looking after our nails and make up our hair, um, you know, we'd all be looking pretty fabulous on the streets. But my excitement comes from seeing Um, Like, for example, okay, now I'm founder of IELTS Formula and if I'm doing um, an interview with a beauty editor, let's say, my heart goes a pat when I walk in and she's got dreadful, broken, damaged hair because I know I'm about to change this woman's life. So I, I, I quite get a kick out of knowing uh, seeing damaged hair and knowing that my product can change that overnight
1: for someone who might not be able to afford your product what would you recommend in a product
2: so these days there is a big concentration on um, clean um, products so raw virgin ingredients are important But, you know, when I say that, it's not about putting an egg and an avocado on the hair or a little bit of coconut alkaline or whatever. No, you you can have a gorgeous cocktail of raw virgin ingredients, but you also need to have science at the highest level to extract from those ingredients um, the benefits that you require for the performance on the hair. So it's science and it's raw ingredients. So I would be looking for, um, as a customer, uh, silicon-free, uh, sulfate-free, paraben-free.
1: What is your least favorite style of haircut? What do you, I guess, what do you think is the worst style of haircut?
2: Mm. Well, I can say what I love is long, sumptuous, lustrous hair. So, but that's not to say I don't like cool haircuts either. Oh, gosh. I like all hair. I like, I like it all. If I have a choice, I'd say keep your hair healthy and grow it long because I just adore long hair.
1: This one might be a really good question. This one might be an odd question. Has anyone ever asked you to collect hair from a celebrity?
2: Actually, no. Interesting. I wouldn't anyway. I would never pass on somebody else's locks to someone anyway. But, no, nobody ever asked me.
1: Harder to hair to style, men's hair or women's hair?
2: Uh, same for me.
1: From like, from a structural standpoint, is it is the hair different?
2: No. Oh, I mean, unless the men, the men are thinning, you know, if they're balding, then it's a little more complicated because it's very rare you have this with a woman. If we're cutting, for example, and we're given the freedom to cut what we feel is right, um, we look at facial features. So even if uh, your friend has a bowl cut and you come along and you say, oh, I want a bowl cut, well, it's not going to be an exact replica of your friend's bowl cut because it will be a bowl cut executed for your facial features. So there will be little adjustments all the way. A good hairdresser is really a visagist. They will be looking at what they're doing. So I don't know if you've ever noticed hairdressers are looking in the mirror the entire time they're working. They're working but they're looking up into the mirror. They're watching what they're doing. They're looking for their balance. They're looking for their guidelines. They're working with a mirror the entire time. They should be if they're good hairdressers. Have you ever noticed that?
1: No, but I'm I am uh so I'm a obviously a a man in my 30s. My position on hair is as long as I still have it, it's fine. So I don't want to like jinx my hair that it'll go away. But for for somebody who is starting out and kind of wants to follow in your footsteps so to speak, what advice would you give them?
2: Believe in yourself. Number 1 because nobody else is going to do it if you don't. And by believing in yourself, um, it encourages others to believe in yourself. So be well prepared when you're pulled in on these jobs. You need to be able to pull miracles out of your back pocket. So um, be very well prepared.
1: Um, that's all the questions that I have. Is there anything else you think that we missed or what's kind of coming up next for you? I know you have, you have a new product coming out.
2: Yeah, I do, actually. I have a launch happening um, which keeps getting pushback, 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 but it will come. It's a nice one for everybody. Well, I don't know if I can talk about it just yet, but it's coming. So they should watch Isles Formula underscore hair on Instagram or you can come to me, Wendy Isles underscore hair. You will get to see a lot of the celebrities I've worked on there. Um, And I'll be talking about it in about six weeks' time when I'm launching. It's a nice one. I think men are going to love it too.
1: I want to thank Wendy so much for joining us. If you want to connect with her, we have linked to her on our social media sites. We're profoundly pointless on Instagram and Twitter. And we have also included her information in the episode description. She was nice enough. And she sent my wife a couple bottles of the product that she has. It's amazing. Like, I, I'm, her, her hair looks fantastic. Okay. Now let's go ahead and bring in John Shaw. All right. What part of your appearance do you care the
0: most about? Maybe my finger, like my fingernails and my toenails. I take really, take really immaculate care of my, of my nails.
1: Like, what do you mean immaculate care? Like, how often are you cutting your fingernails?
0: I, uh, probably twice a week I, I spend some time. Are you, what, why? I agree it's a little excessive, but I have this thing, um, it's just about my nails. When you do your bi-weekly, I think that's twice a
1: week, right? Bi-weekly, I always get confused about that. But when you do your bi what's your, what's your nail care routine? Well, you start fingers?
0: with the toes because that's the hardest, you know, because obviously I'm. You're doing your toes twice a week? Maybe not every nail because some of them, you know, don't grow as fast as the other. But, yeah, I I make sure to at least look.
1: I don't even look at my toenails until one of them is basically jabbing (laughs) through my shoe. Like when I feel physical pain from stepping, I look down like, oh, I should probably cut this nail because it's chopped off half of the rest of my foot.
0: I I can't stand um, long fingernails of any kind. Like, I don't know what it's called because I'm not smart enough, but uh, like the end of the nail when it turns that cloudy white or whatever, you know, like the long part of the nail. I don't like, I don't like to have any of that showing. Like I like to go past that, like, you know, almost nubby, nubby type, uh, type looking fingers.
1: Okay. So you just, are you just clipping them constantly? Like twice a week, you're clipping all your nails or are you doing something else? (laughs) Like you get out the file, you get out like a bevel. I think that's the right word to like do the, Nail top, or whatever uh, no, that's called. No, I'm just clipping,
0: and then I, I use. Uh, I have some um, some skin moisturizer that I I use.
1: <laughs> you have special nail I wouldn't moisturizer. I would not say special. It's
0: it's just for uh, for uh, for skin. That my I don't even think my wife knows that I, I have stolen it from her. But I use that to kind of like you know just make things.
1: Do you put it directly on the nail, or do you put it on the skin around the nail?
0: Around around the around the nail.
1: Okay, so it's not specifically no, the for the nail.
0: Yeah, it's not specifically for the nail, no. I would say the pandemic has has kind of helped that though. Cuz like if I was going out to work every day in front of people, it would be my, you know, maybe my my hair or, you know, I'd work out more or something, but the fact that I'm inside uh 85% of the time, uh, you know.
1: Yeah, there's no reason to keep up your general appearance unless it's just your nails, I guess. That makes <laughs> That makes <laughs> No man I mean if that's okay but is it like you really is it like a an OCD kind of thing?
0: It, it very well could be. I mean by no means should I probably I mean I'm a I'm a dude, right? And I'm I'm totally stereotyping, but I mean my nails aren't growing excessively in a week. Yeah. But I make sure to check them out uh, anyways.
1: What, now, when you do it twice a week, what are you doing? You go on, like, Wednesday, Saturday? You go on, like, Monday, Friday? Like, how many days are in between the John Shaw nail care routine?
0: I, I try to do four days, so, like, it, it all depends, but, you know, like, Monday, Thursday, or Tuesday, Friday, you know, you get the drift.
1: Okay. All right. So. But you don't have a dedicated day like Monday written on my calendar. No.
0: Time to check the pinky ring. Uh, no, no, not, uh, unfortunately not, no. Okay. <laughs> What what an awkward thing to start the podcast off with. I just, man,
1: you are an interesting, you are an interesting guy.
0: <laughs> you know, it was the pillow sweat thing. Now it's this. I, I'm just revealing all kinds of things about myself.
1: Here's the thing, though, is that your weird things aren't any weirder than anybody else's. You're just very honest about it. And I appreciate that. Right. Other people would hide it.
0: Yeah, I'm, most uh, people.
1: I'm, uh, some people would argue that maybe you shouldn't say things like that out loud to other people, but I applaud you for it. Let's see the nails again. Let's see him again. Well, oh, those are good nails. Oh, the yeah. color on them
0: is excellent. Thanks.
1: Look at that! <laughs> wow.
0: I'm sticking my like fingers in front of our cameras for those listening to this. And you should this. really go
1: to like a nail bar. Maybe you missed out on your calling, man. Like you could have been
0: one of the greatest <laughs> nail people out there. Maybe that Dude, was can your. You, uh, can you imagine? Oh my gosh, me as like a a salon owner, like a nail salon owner, that would be just insane.
1: What if you found out one day that you were just super good at something? That was totally against your personality.
0: I mean, it wouldn't surprise me at, at all. I, Especially like nails. Like I wouldn't be surprised. Be like, oh, well, that makes sense because I've kept mine up so well.
1: Right. Like you were a, you were a firefighter, like chief wildland firefighter going into the heart of the forest fire. And then one day you found out that you just love to cut nails. Oh,
0: man. Yeah. I mean. This is probably the the wrong uh, thought process, but it's probably like, you know, having a wife for so long or a husband and then you get divorced and you realize that you're actually, you know, interested in the other sex. And you're just you're like this whole time I've been doing this when actually I was meant to do that.
1: I know three people that has happened to. Right. So the man was married to a woman. The woman left him for another woman. I know three people that has happened to.
0: Wow. I. uh one person, I think. And actually, her fiancé went back to being uh, interested in men. So she went, yeah, she went straight to gay, back to being straight. So should I just move on to my, my shout-outs? You should you move question? on
1: to shaving that soul patch is what you should move
0: Shout-outs sponsored by my soul patch. God, <laughs> God.
1: It's going kind to of have its own name.
0: I listen, no, it doesn't. it's not even that bad, to be honest. For those who don't, like, can't see us, which is everybody, it's not that bad. The problem um, is
1: it's one of those things that once you notice it, it's all you see.
0: <laughs> I have a big face, too, so, like, for you to be zoom, zooming on that, like, it's good. It's good. It's good it's Do you think you too. have a
1: big face, or do you think you have a big head?
0: Ooh. Oh, uh, well, no, big head. I have a gigantic head. Like, during... Th- Dude, like, during football, when I was, you know, a younger man, I always had to get, like, the they had to give me the biggest helmet every year. It's like, oh, we're saving the, the gigantic helmet for Shoal because his big head can't fit into any other helmets.
1: I know a guy like that, too. They had to special order a helmet for his big head. They called him El Cabeza.
0: <laughs> El crazy. Cabeza.
1: which have been, might have been supposed to be La
0: Cabeza, but I'm not sure. It's the same thing with hats, like if I get a fitted hat, I have to get like eight and three quarters, which is it's gigantic like that's a big head,
1: man so i I look like a complete asshole in any hat. there's something that is the shape of my head that you no know, if I put a hat on, like I look like an asshole, not like that's a jerk, cool. not bad, like an asshole, like specifically like an asshole. <laughs> Like, you would see I, people across the street be like, that guy's an asshole. I'm like, yeah, I got this hat on.
0: I mean, I, I'm just going to throw this out there that uh, it doesn't take a hat to necessarily make you look like an asshole.
1: No, but once I put a hat on, like, there would be no doubt. There would be no doubt. Everybody would be like, oh, my God, look at that guy.
0: All right, so give your shout-outs already. I'm not sure I've ever seen you in a hat now that I think of it. don't look
1: like an asshole.
0: <laughs> all right let's start off on uh, we'll start I, I broke these down this time so special shout outs to the folks on twitter and insta uh, we will start don't on twitter say here that,
1: dude you're not a 45 year old girl trying to be cool don't say Sorry, insta man. okay
0: all right i will i will never say insta again insta all right on twitter here we'll start with benjamin appreciate you uh bart grover uh hugo Paul Heywood. Quick question. Benj- Did you say
1: Benjamin or Benjamin? Like bench a or Benjamin? Because it
0: kind of sounded ben- like you said
1: bench Amen.
0: I think I might have had one too many beers. Uh, Benjamin. Say it again. <laughs> uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Benjamin.
1: Yeah, it's pretty easy to say Benjamin.
0: Well, I, I apologize, uh, Benjamin Warner, but I uh, guess you get the prolonged shout out this episode
1: shout out to benjamin uh, too benjamin good man
0: <laughs> and then we'll end with uh jameel uh appreciate uh all of you on twitter uh we'll move over to the gram now uh <laughs> got him i know you do uh joanna thomas lauren carr uh robin Pittman, adler and then uh, maybe one of the coolest handles i've seen in quite a bit uh craft brew beer uh aka Breadman. So special place in my heart there, bread man. Okay. Uh, for checking us out. All right. Uh, simple question here, Nick. Would you have, uh, you have to choose one. <laughs> is, is, born, is it a
1: simple question? Cause you
0: can't get it out. You're born blind or born, born deaf. Which one are you picking?
1: I had an experience with a blind person this weekend. So we were out, me and me and the wife, two kids were out shopping and you know, with COVID and everything, there's personal space. And this guy comes up and he is walking down the sidewalk and he gets within, like he's right up against my wife, right up against her. And I turn around and you know, like, look, I'm not some tough guy, but when you have kids, like something changes in you where you're just like, I'm ready to defend the territory. So I'm left-handed and the left hand starts coming up. And then as it kind of starts to come up, I realize, oh, he's blind. He can't. He didn't realize because he stopped and he said, excuse me, but he was so close that I was like, what the fuck, man? And so the left (laughs) hand starts coming up, which is just the natural dad instinct. And then I see the dog and the glasses and the stick. I'm like, oh, he can't see. (laughs) So I almost punched a blind guy basically is what it comes down to.
0: That would have been uh, that would have been a story for you to tell forever if you would have punched a blind but guy.
1: think about how much that probably happens to that person through absolutely no fault of his own. Where there's these constant like misunderstandings that if you weren't paying attention and didn't realize like oh he probably sure. can't see right like that probably happens to that guy all the time.
0: Well, I would I would hope that people see the dog or, or his you know the cane or whatever he's using to help him navigate things um but for whatever reason you looked past all that and were ready to punch a blind guy and
1: and right and and to make it sound like I'm not don't have some superhero mental processing abilities before <laughs> like probably like 30 seconds before I had seen this guy and he was on his phone on the speaker and he was listening to like a series of clicks that now that I think about it was probably like the directions on his phone, and because he can't see to read them, they were probably being like put out in Braille or Morris code or something so he could get the directions. And I remember seeing this guy and be like, What's that guy doing? And then it all came together. It's amazing how fast your brain works when you get right down to it. So to answer yeah, your question, I would much rather be born
0: deaf. All right. This one's a lot lighter, I guess, uh, or should be. Uh, do vegetables belong on pizzas? Well, what kind of vegetables? Overall, I would say no.
1: Like, any of that stuff, mushrooms, green peppers, red peppers, get the fuck out of here with that. Like, a mushroom is a dairy and meat-based, or a pizza is a dairy and meat-based product. And if there's mushrooms on there or any kind of vegetables, it doesn't really belong, right? Have it in the salad beforehand.
0: (laughs) I would say there's only one vegetable that gets a pass, and that's probably green peppers.
1: Even then, it's not much of a pass. Like, I'll allow it in this circumstance. I
0: mean... Obviously, I'm going straight meat lovers, yeah, you but... are
1: you the more meat you can get in your mouth, the better. I've All never right, well, seen someone in. put away so much sausage john think... once well John once took four pounds of sausage in his mouth in a weekend, big, thick sausage. I... Just shoving it down, gobbling all the sausage that he could get, shoving it all the way down his throat, as much sausage in his mouth and down his throat as he could get.
0: All right. Well, last, last question is, uh, would you rather be a star on a uh, celebrity chef show or Ninja Warrior? Well, a celebrity chef,
1: dude. One involves eating and the other involves exercise. That's See, an easy I
0: I think I do the ninja show myself.
1: Because one is much more likely to happen than the other. (laughs) I think you're projecting your hopes and dreams a little bit. I'm a great chef, by the way. but No, no, you're not, dude. You just don't, like I said before, don't put a piece of cheese in between two sandwiches, throw it on the grill, and call it a meal dish, okay? It's a grilled (laughs) cheese sandwich. No, 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 I put paprika on the bread. Right, you're not Gordon Ramsay, (laughs)
0: dude. I know he never responded to our, our uh, because our, he knows he can know. look
1: at you and just be like that dude's a
0: poser. I, I take him out in a in a battle of, of chefs. I take you know, him out. Wouldn't. I know I would. And I don't think you could would
1: do wouldn't. anything. I don't. I think that any <laughs> any sort of contest between you and Gordon Ramsay, whether that is cooking, whether that is athletic, whether that is like doing your taxes, Gordon Ramsay is going to beat you. <laughs> no way. He's, he's a fighter, dude. He's an athlete. I can just tell. Right. He's got. He's he's driven.
0: I don't think we have the time right now to do this, but at some point in the future, I want to do like a reality star like basketball lineup. Like, who would be your top five? Mm.
1: Like, well, Gordon Ramsay wouldn't be on there.
0: Give me Emeril Lagasse. I want him as my strong forward. Who's the.
1: First of all, <laughs> it's not a strong forward, it's a power forward and a small forward. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Okay. So. Wow.
0: Okay. We know okay. Who's going to well, win whatever. that one? Too many beers here.
1: Have a drink of your snob beer, dude. Go ahead. Tell Absolutely. us how many hops are in it. Tell me something. Yeah. Tell me something special. Tell me something super snobby about your beer. Like you got recommended it to you while you were visiting the latest gastropub. Uh,
0: that it is made from the purest, cleanliest water that you can find anywhere in the world. That being the Great Lakes of Michigan,
1: <laughs> dude first of all that's not it, at correct in any way that might isn't michigan the one where you can't like have they import bottled water for parts of it because it's not safe to drink anyways and I see uh, a beer that's made from the waters of flint michigan that i would oh. drink show me a beer made from the wa- show me a beer made from
0: tap water in michigan and i'll go ahead and drink that i could say i don't know if you can see how you can't see how clear that is but this is one of the Clearest double IPAs I've ever had, and it is delicious.
1: Okay. All right. So it's probably just Everclear. (laughs) Well, I would. Alcohol that they stole from the store, but anyway.
0: You thought I couldn't say names earlier. Give me a couple shots of that.
1: Mm. Why do you keep picking your butt? I'm not. I'm moving my phone away because my wife is trying to buy kitchen chairs, and she just sent me a text that says four chairs, 338. And my only response is no. Get four chairs <laughs> for thirty eight dollars, and then we're talking.
0: <laughs> oh man! All right, three hundred thirty eight dollars
1: for, for chairs?
0: Get the fuck out of here! I, dude, I agree.
1: Chairs that expensive? It's a chair. I can go out and buy four pieces of wood and make a chair. <laughs> and now yeah, she I... sends me a text about an open house.
0: Oh boy! Yeah, you're getting uh, you you're getting those chairs. I know. We're probably already bought them. <laughs> 338
1: for a chair how much is that that's 75 dollars. that's 85 dollars a chair roughly
0: that's ridiculous to be fair i don't think that's that bad
1: we can get lawn chairs from target for 1999 and they can be plastic and we can never really have to worry about getting them dirty and just wipe them down and those are 1999 you don't want to sit at a lawn chair at your kitchen table that sounds fantastic uh I'm, I'm gonna pass on
0: that but thank you
1: you don't want a picnic table it's your you don't want a, one of those like fold-out chairs ones that you can what keep I'm, in a bag and go to games with
0: no i mean what am i gonna serve my fancy meals on
1: that's how it starts dude you're gonna be buying 400 dollars chairs here in a minute <laughs> oh boy all right are you ready for a top five yeah dude i need something to distract me from these chairs i'm so upset all right,
0: right good Good. Am I introducing get a bar stool?
1: We could have four bar stools. You can get
0: a bar stool for like $9.99. I really think uh, at first you had said no, like this was a, never happening. But now it sounds like you've already like, like because she's already bought them.
1: I know damn well by the time that she texted me about these chairs that she's already bought the chairs.
0: <laughs> I mean, can you tell us anything about the chairs?
1: I don't. I'm not looking. Man, I don't want to look. But the worst part is, is that once they get here, I'll be like, "Use some nice chairs," and then it's like accidentally signing off on the decision, and now my life is ruined.
0: Well, you know, just be thankful that you can buy three hundred dollar chair set.
1: Yeah, that's true. I should probably
0: look at it that way. Okay, yeah, all right. That. So,
1: so our top five is top five farm animals. What's your number?
0: <laughs> I knew that was coming at some point. <laughs> so I'm do. Some animals and I, I just I fuck. Okay, them, well so. let's
1: do this. When we name the farm animal, you also have to try to imitate
0: the sound of that farm animal. Oh Jesus! I will my number, f- my number five. I don't even know what sound they make. What is it? It's a goat. You don't know what sound a goat makes? No, because I've, I listen to those. This is stupid- the
1: guy who goes to a cider farm during the winter every five minutes, and you've never seen a goat or know what sound uh, it makes.
0: I should call a cider mill, but... Oh, okay, sorry.
1: You really don't know? Okay, a goat? That's a legitimate choice, right? It's not on my top five, but I'm not going to make an argument with somebody putting goat as one of their top five animals. So let, me, let me go ahead and hear what kind of sound you make, what kind of sound a goat makes.
2: Just make something,
1: know. dude. Just come up with something. <laughs> it's not awful. What the hell
0: is that? Okay, dude. Go- stop it. Goat sounding like humans. Stop it. That's <laughs> awful. It's actually hilarious. If you, if for those out there in uh, like that. check it out. Goat sounding like humans. It's hilarious. Okay, that's my number five. A goat. I guess I was gonna
1: go bad, but that's a sheep. Yeah. All right. So my number five is a duck. Quack 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 quack. <laughs>
0: So terrible. Okay. That's a good, that's better than your goat. That's a duck. Duck is a solid yeah.
1: farm animal, I think.
0: Uh, it is. A, it's on my top. Your your quack quack was terrible. Is quack, what I'm quack. Saying. Quack, yeah, that was. <laughs> that's actually pretty good. Well, I, I guess I'll just skip over it. My number uh, four is a duck. So
1: Okay. All right. Let's hear your duck.
0: Quack quack. Too nasally.
1: Get some bass <laughs> in there. Quirk, quirk. Come on. Do, I, do a good job or don't do it. Quack, quack. Oh, that's, that's too nasally. It's a little bit better, though. It's the best out of the three. I feel like that's as far as we're going to get. Uh, my right. number four
0: is a sheep. Bah. All right. Bah. That's a good sheep. I don't have sheep on my list.
1: I'm thinking more of like a pastoral farm, more like a farm in Ireland, necessarily. That's what I'm looking okay. at when I'm thinking of my, my, my ideal farm. But I think a sheep, I could, I'm not going to argue with somebody if they don't want sheep on there.
0: Like, I feel like there's three main farm animals and. Your mom? uh, Oh. (laughs) Listen, I don't think you should make mama jokes.
1: Oh, because my mom's
0: dead. For multiple reasons. One being I can't reciprocate because your mom's deceased.
1: That was too easy, right? Like that could have been anybody's mom joke. Like There's three farm animals. Your mom. Yeah, That. (laughs) Anyways, I, I love you, Mom. Don't listen to him. Um, I also love you, Mrs. Show, but in a different way. Oh, see, okay, we should stop with that with the mom <laughs> jokes.
0: Oh, you can't. Yeah. My number two is a pig, or three is a pig. That's too
1: low for a pig, man. That's a fucking ridiculous choice. A pig is way higher on that list.
0: No, a pig man, is a solid
1: staple staple of farms.
0: No, I'm telling you, there, there's three, and uh, yeah, we'll see. But yes, well, what's your number three then?
1: Dog. Uh, you don't think a. You look at any book about a farm. There's going to be a. Con, mm. There's going to be a dog on that farm. A dog is a staple of a farm. Every farm mm. has a dog. Specifically, like a border collie, Australian shepherd-looking dog.
0: I'm not disagreeing with you that I, I believe that like every farm has a dog, but when you think of farm animals, I don't think of a dog.
1: Okay. I can understand that. I was thinking more along the lines of animals that are on a farm and I was thinking a dog. If you want to make that, I could replace a dog with I could probably re- replace a dog. With, see, but I don't think of a horse when I think of a farm, honestly. Not really. That's my number 2 as a horse, actually. I would make See, I, I don't even have a horse on there. I don't have a horse or a cow on an on the on the farm animals. <clears throat> Oh, my God. You're talking to a guy who grew up in Kansas, man. I know about farms. You do. Right?
0: You, that's why I'm surprised you don't at least have cows on your list. Well, because a cow
1: in general sense, right? Like, okay, I'm going to give you some perspective of a person who was raised in Kansas, which has a lot of cows. Cows generally are not on a small farm. Cows are usually going to be on like a large kind of corporate production facility where they're just going to have they're going to have like a stockyard. That's not really going to be on that many individual family farms that much.
0: If they're included in Old McDonald's song, they're okay with me.
1: Horses and on Old McDonald's song.
0: They aren't, but cows are.
1: I'm just telling you, Old McDonald is not factually correct. It's not 2020 factual correct. It needs to be updated cancel for the modern times.
0: Cancel culture, here we go.
1: I'm just telling you, it's not cancel culture, it's fact culture. I'm sorry that you're against the idea of facts
0: didn't grew up on a farm. I'm sorry.
1: Right. I didn't either, but I know about farms because I pay attention and I support agricultural workers who provide the bread and the foods that we all enjoy every day.
0: Yeah, you do. I don't. I, I eat processed meats.
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go. All right. What's your number two? Are you on your number two?
0: I just gave it. It's a, my number two is a horse. Rooster. Okay. I mean, roosters, chickens, I left them off the list, but uh, they're... See, I, I don't feel... Now, I
1: wouldn't put a chicken on my list. Rooster, I would. I feel like the rooster, like the when he wakes everybody up, that's the staple of the farm. I don't really care about chickens, but the rooster, I feel like, is a solid farm animal.
0: Okay. I mean, I agree with you. Rooster's good. That's just... They're not on my top. You
1: bottom. don't want to have any big cocks?
0: <laughs> no, I prefer to keep my... Nope. Uh, nope. No, I'm good. No, no, no roosters no over here. No big cocks
1: for sure, huh? You don't want no. a nice big cock in the morning?
0: No, no, I don't I don't like don't to be like woken up non-go. by a big cock. No.
1: Okay. All right. Oh, I bet we have my... the same number one then.
0: Yeah, you have to. It's the easiest number. It's a cow.
1: No, it's a pig.
0: No, my pig was
1: my number three. That's stupid. A pig should be number <laughs> one. No, a c- dude, a cow for sure. No, I'm telling you. A pig is the staple of the American family farm. A pig. Everybody, every every farm story that you hear about, whether that's like, what's the one with the spider, Charlotte's Web? There's a pig, Animal Farm, pig, Old MacDonald,
0: pig. Pigs are fine. They're just cows are my number one.
1: What's wrong? It should be a pig. Okay, that's fine. If you want to go out there and put out stupid lists, then go ahead and put a cow at the top
0: of your list. It's a pig. So angry. You're so angry all the time. I support the American farmer. Yeah, you know, so let's hope neither of us ever run for office because we this say it's a ridiculous thing. Did you know
1: I true. actually own a farm? 100% I,
0: like I, 100% I actually own a farm. I feel like I've heard this story and I only half believe you.
1: No, it's a ridiculous, like massively qualifying statement in which I like own part of a farm with my extended 55,000 relatives that I am a part owner of a small farm. I get like a dollar a year off wow. of this like we sell it like they, there's a we rent it out there's a farmer who comes and farms this farm that's owned by all of our family and I get like a buck but I'm still a, technically a farmer I don't appreciate you insulting my way of life cuz I'm a farmer from the heartland of America is what I am and you're some fucking fancy city boy who thinks he can come in here with his snob beer and his snob meals and insult me and my family that's what you're doing right now
0: all I can say to that is at least I don't wear skinny jeans anymore. Dude, I'm glad you Or actually, actually, I never wore skinny jeans.
1: They just I got made them. into skinny jeans
0: as soon as yeah. you put them
1: on. It's
0: fucking terrible.
1: America. Right. I'm the heartland of America, and you're some fancy pants liberal.
0: <laughs> what? Why did this strangely turn... Well, political.
1: I don't. This is because that was the <laughs> argument that I was trying to make.
0: You like John Mellencamp. I like Bruce Springsteen. Let's just leave it at that. Okay.
1: I can't even think of a single John Mellencamp song.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I literally cannot think of a single John Mellencamp, Mellencamp song right now. <laughs> you know what I'm thinking about, though, is Robin dancing on my own. I'm just dancing on my okay, own. So. my uh, your girlfriend. Call you a, I don't know the rest of the lyrics. On my your honorable mention,
0: I have, uh, I have rabbits,
1: talk.
0: Uh Gooses. That you're leaving. Dogs, cats, it and I have a. a, a Do you have Call a tile flavor? I wish I could stop recording.
1: <laughs> okay, what's your honorable mention?
0: I already said it. Why, you were too busy Paul Abduling all of us. First of all, it's Robin.
1: Can you just give your—I was in the moment. Can you just give your list again, please?
0: (laughs) Dogs, cats, alpacas, chickens, roosters, uh, and rabbits.
1: This is a good, solid uh, list of honorable mentions. I could add a llama in there. A (laughs) lot of people have llamas now on farms. I could put that in there. I think you need a good house cat. I agree with that. I would also just say that rats are potentially part of the farm. I would put that on there.
0: Not just farms.
1: You know what? Now that I think about it, the last time that I actually camped out on the Vinzant family farm, I think I was like eight years old and peed my pants. Because I didn't want to get out of the tent, and I was still at that age where you can't. Like, I was awake. It wasn't like a night bedwetter thing. I just, just laziness that I just peed my pants. (laughs) yeah i think that's what happened i might have been younger than eight but i do believe i peed my pants out there on the vincent family farm and then i never went back
0: peeing your pants is cool billy madison says so
1: yeah dude everybody's doing it i don't really have anything in my honorable mention that you don't have okay that's gonna go ahead and do it for this episode of profoundly pointless i want to thank you guys so much for joining us if you get a chance like Download, subscribe, share. We really appreciate it. It really helps us out. I just don't think a cow is that great. I just, I don't think a cow is a farm animal. I mean, it is, but I don't know if it's top five worthy, right? I picture old McDonald's, those kids' books, and cow's not taking center stage there to me. It's the pig. But let me know what you guys think should be the top five farm animals.